You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Among the skilled broadcasters you'll hear is our friend Tony Baselli, the former NFL offensive lineman who, like most people in our business, has 19 jobs. You hear him on the Jaguars radio network as well. So let's start there because Cordell and I have had a lot of healthy discussion, not debate, about the play calling in the fourth quarter by the Jaguars. 20 to 10 lead on the road, Gillette Stadium. I thought they got conservative. How did you see it? Well, I think the, they started getting conservative at the end of the half. And I think they should have, with 53 seconds, two timeouts on the 25 after New England just scored. I think you got to you gotta, you know, amp it up a little bit. I think I'd you know, run a screen, run something simple, and if you get some yards, then you get into your two minutes. If you don't, then you can take a knee. And the thing that I didn't understand, now part of it was because they were backed up, like three straight drives at the 10, so you you, you got to be smart. And you have that great defense, and they've played so well the entire game. But what I thought they should have done is they should have gotten Corey Grant, their scat back, involved like they did in the first half, and a couple of those space plays, misdirection, some RPO stuff, and allow him to get one-on-one with the linebackers because New England's defense is not fast in the front seven. And that really, they, it really hurt them early. And for whatever reason, they never got back to it. And that's, that's where you kind of scratch your head a little bit. And I'm sure the coaches are going back. And, you know, you think we play Monday morning quarterback. I promise you, and Cordell, you know this, just in high school, being a high school coach, after a game you go back and say, <laughs> why did I do this? Why did I do that? And, right. and I cannot imagine how painful that is for those guys right now. It seems like in, that, in the latter part of that first half, momentum switched quickly. It started off with, let's say, a delay game. That's right. And it was a penalty or offsides or some, to some degree. They end up putting the football. Before you know it, they ran that no-huddle offense. We got Bouye with a tremendous amount of penalties. They end up scoring. That, that goes That's to right. 14-10. When you see the best part or the third of your team, that's the best part of the team, which is defense, get ran up and down the field like you saw. You know your offense is one that's more – in the position of wanting a good field position so that you don't put the quarterback and Blake Bortles in a tough situation. Would you take a chance with Blake Bortles with 55 seconds left on the clock inside the 25-yard line knowing that your defense just basically got ran through? Worst-case scenario, if he has a hiccup, he throws an interception, 17-14, potentially 14-13, no, and then it saying. really, really changes the complexity of the game, which it changed anyway and because of the right. adjustments. That's right, and so... And I said it during the live broadcast. I understood why he did it. Right. I just would have been more aggressive because you're playing the greatest quarterback of all time. And I don't think playing conservative too close to the vest is going to get it done because sooner or later he's going to get it going and he's going to make some plays. But I think if you're Doug Marone, you're sitting there looking at that first half. The only drive they had was the 40-yard penalty against Boye. That was it. And that was a questionable call, That's in my right. opinion. I thought it was very close. And I don't think, you know, the way they were calling the game up at that point, I don't think they should have called the flag. Nope. Um, but it is what it is. So I understood what he was thinking there. I just would have gone a little bit. And I would have started off with the screen. And, and if, it, if I get something going, then fine. Then I can pick it up. And Blake had been making good decisions really, this really year. Was. And he, he really it, was. It's, and we, I think we get stuck at I know I do. What happened last year when he was awful. Well, the preseason when he got benched. It was awful. Like, if you'd have been on our broadcast, heard our broadcast of the preseason, we were looking at each other and saying, this team might not win five games because they struggled so bad. But I go to the second half. I think it was the second half where they had a lot of opportunities. And with all that, everything that happened, I mean, you look at the the quick whistle 
on the Miles Jack strip. I mean, strip, yeah. That, that should have been 20. Normally, he runs back, score a touchdown, 20, then go to the yeah. to under the tent and actually check it, it out. It's, yeah. it's 27 10. Mm-hmm. And that didn't happen. But they still had Brady with 10 minutes left at third and 18 backed up. And he had done nothing in the second half. And when that when he converted that, we looked at each other in the booth and said, "This is it." Uh oh, <laughs> here he comes. <laughs> Superman is awakened, and uh, and that was uh, and that was really the game. Still a monumental achievement to go from worst to first, three wins last year, and this team feels like they're going to be around for a while. Taking you around the league with Tony Baselli from Westwood One Sports. We hear you on the Thursday night call with Ian Eagle, so you know the details of all these teams. When you went back and watched the tape of Nick Foles dissecting a Minnesota defense, number one in total D during the regular season. How was he able to be that good? We're hearing RPOs. What was your takeaways from watching the tape from the NFC title game? Well, I think it's a couple things. And Cordell can explain this better than anyone playing the position. As a backup, you're not getting a lot of reps during the year. And so I think the reps of just getting reps in, in the multiple weeks, all of a sudden, you've got to believe he's feeling more comfortable right. with what he's being asked to do. Also, Doug Peterson's more comfortable with what he does well and what he doesn't. Uh, I thought the way Doug called that game, as, a, as aggressive as he did, gave Nick Foles confidence, saying that my staff, and my they trust me. And uh, he played a great game. He stretched the field. They pressed the ball down the field more than they did against Atlanta. And I think that's what they need to do with Nick Foles. You cannot... You can't play scared. And look at, we just talked about the Jaguars at the end of the half with 53 seconds, two timeouts, they took a knee. Doug Peterson, I think it was 29 seconds in a timeout, said, we're going to go. It ends up getting three before the half. I think that speaks volume to the, volumes to the entire team about how your coach feels about you, and especially when you're the backup quarterback. So it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough test. You know, Bill Belichick, Matt Patricia have watched all the tape. They're going to have a plan for the RPOs. They're going to understand what they like to do and don't like. And Bill Belichick and Patricia are masters at taking away the one thing. They're going to take away that run game. And they're going to force Nick Foles to beat them. I think when you look at this game, you you have to draw, you know, because if you look at talent for talent and maybe scheme versus scheme, you kind of say it's a wash, right, when it comes down to the players on the field. Because athletically, I think Philadelphia has a more athletic team. I think they're the better roster. Yes. But when the it comes to scheme on the other side, with less talent, it's almost a match to a point where... Cordell, come you on, you know assume. the difference. There's only one difference. It's number, this is the number 12. It's, That's the, it. it's the quarterback. And, he, and here's my question. This is where I'm going with this. When you watch Nick Foles come in for Carson Wentz in that game against the Rams... One thing Doug Peterson said after that game was he didn't want to take his foot off the pedal. Right. He wanted to give this team the confidence because he was a backup before as well. And we know we start controlling the game and try to slow it down a little bit, but he, he kept it ramped up just a little bit. Of course, we get to the last couple games, the Dallas Cowboys and, of course, Oakland. Then all of a sudden the question marks comes up, and rightfully so because he's a backup. He hadn't got too many reps. But then he plays against Atlanta and Minnesota. It's like two different schemes, one that involved throwing it to the backside of the backfield against Atlanta, which New England did against Atlanta in the Super Bowl, and then Minnesota. You end up seeing him change it to where he went vertical with the football. Their capabilities of transitioning or making the changes – I think it's about as good as it can get when it comes to a short span for a quarterback. How much do you trust them actually having to evolve even more to give Blake, uh, not Blake Borders, but Nick Foles the opportunity to beat this team in, in the uh, New England Patriots? Yeah, I, I thought you talk about that Atlanta game because I did it for Westwood One. I thought it, they were a little close to the vest. They were a little conservative, uh, especially in that first half. And right. they tried to open it up, but the flow of that game was different. And I think he understood that their defense was playing so well and their defense is so good at home. And they really had Atlanta's number. 
and then you talked about when we discussed what in Minnesota. I think you have to come in this game and you have to let it rip from the start. I really do. I think Doug Peterson in those first ten plays that are scripted, I'm taking at least one shot, maybe two shots, and really again sending the message to my entire team: we are here to win this game. And yes, our defense is going to have to play great, and we have a great defense. But I trust our quarterback. Chatting with Tony Baselli, Westwood One. We've got the big game. The national call provided by Tony and company. Westwood One pregame coverage starts to Eastern. In addition, here on TuneIn, of course, you got Patriots Radio Network, Eagles Radio Network, local calls, English and Spanish, all of them unlocked for Sunday and Sunday only. Last one for me. You're a Hall of Famer. Now it's just a matter of timing, and I don't want to. Can I get you? Can anything. I get you in the room then? Can you? <laughs> <laughs> I wish, and I'd be loud for you. I think our listeners would find the process intriguing. Are you inside a room and you get a knock on a door? Is that literally how it works? Is that how you find out on Saturday night? They honestly could film like a game show around this or a re- reality TV show. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, been there. It's unreal because you they give you a hotel room, and up until let's say two o'clock, you go do whatever the heck you want. But around 2 o'clock, they want you in that room because whenever this thing ends, one or two things are going to happen. And you're sitting there and you have no idea. I remember sitting there last year. I'm looking at Twitter. I'm like, come on, can I get a hand? Can someone like leak some information? But you sit there, and if you get a phone call, you're not in. If you get a knock on the door, you're in. And so you're just sitting there. I remember sitting there with the TV on. I don't even know what I was watching. And my phone's sitting there. And I'm like, please don't ring. Please don't ring. Phone rings. It's my son. I said, stop. Games. Games. I love you. I mean, but I get off you. the line. Don't, he goes, Dad, do you know anything? I said, I will tell you when I know. Do not call me again. And then I hear a light knock on the door. And inside I knew it wasn't Dave Baker because Dave Baker, if you ever seen him, was one of the biggest human beings ever. It was the maid. And I'm like, will you leave me alone? Get out. I don't need any sheets. I don't need no towels. And then finally I was sitting there about a half hour later, and uh, I saw the Canton, Ohio area code come up my phone. I, I looked at my wife. I didn't answer right away. I just looked and my wife's like, what? I said, did not make it. She's, what do you mean? I said, <laughs> I showed her the phone and, and that was it. And then all of a sudden they literally tell you, can you be downstairs dressed in five minutes? Cause we want you to go to the honors. They want everyone to go to the honors show. And that is one of the most surreal experiences. Cause you, you really don't want to go right. now in full disclosure, they pay you to go. So it's not like, right. uh, you know, it's not a terrible, you're thing. not doing charity work. There's no charity work. But when you get down there, you're looking at the other 10 guys. That made it. That didn't make it. That's even worse because you're all looking at each other. And you, didn't make it right. Yeah, you're all looking. You're like, well, you almost feel like, it, it, I felt like, well, I guess this is where the losers go. <laughs> because the winners, Loser. <laughs> the winners yeah, are over there. there. <laughs> and it, it, it's, a, it's an amazing process. I mean, waiting there for a knock on the door for one of the biggest moments of your professional life individually. Obviously, Super Bowl is what we all strive for. But individually, this is the highest honor you can get. And it was uh, it's stressful. And I'm not looking forward to it. I'm fine right now. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm telling you, Cordell, but Saturday morning I'll wake up and it'll be miserable. I will be miserable until that moment. Compare the nerves that you have leading up to that moment, which you've had to deal with for a couple of years, to a game, one of your biggest games. It's similar... From the standpoint, you have those butterflies in the anticipation of what's about to happen. The difference is, I know I'm going to be able to go on that field and do something about it. Right. I have zero control over this. So you just got to sit back. And so I think it's almost worse yeah. waiting for the knock or the phone because you have no control. At least, you know, when you're a player, you have enough confidence. You can get yourself amped up, listening to music, whatever you're going to do, knowing to deal with those butterflies. I get to go battle on the field. Right. Here, just waiting. 
We hope you get better news, and we'll see you either way Saturday night at NFL. Thank you, Tony. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.